And whether you're quarantined in the house or not, you still don't want your gym bag being all nasty. Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure your stuff stays in check. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to your junk. Thanks to their lawnmower 3.0, Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. While you're probably at home looking for something to do, why not make manscaping a part of your new routine? You don't want to look like you're sitting on Ming's shoulders from WCW, and you don't want Brutus the Barber Beefcake chomping away down there, and you dang sure don't want to use that Freebird hair removal cream. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. Precision engineered tools for your family jewels. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with new and improved lawnmower 3.0, waterproof, cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Your goods are going to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Inside the Perfect Package you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. You're probably sitting on the couch like Al Bundy right now anyway, so you might as well keep everything smooth and fresh. Subscribe to the perfect package to get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing manscaped boxer briefs this is the perfect package for your perfect package get 20 percent off and free shipping with code slopdrop at manscaped.com that's slopdrop s-l-o-p-d-r-o-p do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using the promo code slopdrop s-l-o-p-d-r-o-p That's a slot drop. I can answer that. That's a slot drop. What is that move? That's a slot drop. Slot drop time. That's a slot drop. Slot drop. Slot drop. Slot drop. The slot drop indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the slot drop. This is Nathan Rogers at Woo Pig Sumo on Twitter, and we are joined by the loose cannon of the Twin Lakes Sports Network, David McBee. Hey, I am not in the hot tub this week, but I do have a nice ice-cold beverage with me. I'm going to enjoy because tonight's going to be a slobber knocker. Let's talk about some R-A-S-S-L-I-N wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. But first, a couple of headlines. Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream had some uh, interesting photos supposedly sent to some underage girls. Now, he admitted the photo was him, but it was stolen and sent without his consent. Could this be Dream over? Man, uh, Dream, uh, shoot, man, that's that's crossing the line right there. That could be a career killer, and I hope for his sake he really didn't do it because he is getting ready to bust through to a whole new stratosphere. But, As uh, a title match next week, if that's still still you know on the table. Yeah, I mean that's something you don't come back from, and uh, I know we're going to see how this one plays out. Uh, kind of wrestling related, kind of not. The son of the dog faced gremlin Rick Steiner, Bronson, has been drafted by the Ravens in the NFL draft. Steiner! 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 
cool to see uh, Bronson to get an opportunity. Uh, he's a, he's a fullback. It's going to be tough. I know the Ravens have picked him up, but they got a really good fullback and that's the position that Bronson plays. So right now, uh, from what I'm reading from our sources in the NFL, they're saying he's going to have to work really hard to, to make it, but man, look at the lineage he comes from with Scott and Rick Steiner, the all American athletes they was at Michigan. And, uh, I wouldn't put anything up against uh, Steiner. So we'll see. What happens, man? But congratulations, Bronson and Rick Steiner. Only wish he would have went to the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, Cowboys need all the help <laughs> they can get, man. Uh, also sports-related, somewhat uh, wrestling-related. Have you been watching The Last Dance, this documentary about the Bulls and Michael Jordan? Oh, man, I absolutely love The Last Dance. I've watched the first four episodes. And I was pretty excited because they started the Rodman episode and they were talking a lot about some of the crazy stuff going on on the 97-98 team. And then also yeah. going around and showing his background when he started with the Pistons and, you know, his collegiate career and all that. Uh, I'm wondering the next couple episodes if they're going to throw out some stuff with him uh, with his wrestling background with some of the craziness he got into. Of course, during this time, he was a member of the NWO uh, yeah. taking on Carl Malone. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, where they go with that. But, man, the series has been really good. But I'll tell you what, you talk about, you know, we talk about grudge matches in wrestling. I'll tell you, the match I would love to see would be a steel cage match between Isaiah Thomas and Michael <laughs> Jordan because, whoo, man, there's some heat between those boys. Uh, Jordan could take uh, Isaiah Thomas any day. The reason I bring that up because you were right, Dennis Rodman, a member of the NWO, and then Carl Malone teamed up with Diamond Dallas Page. Grabs Rodman, and they're going to meet somewhere in between. Man, uh, you know, Rodman, think about the matches. He was involved in some big matches. I, I think they had, uh, you know, of course, I, I think he had a match against Macho Man at Road Wild that I don't know if he ended up getting thrown in a toilet or something. I, I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen it. But then, you know, he had matches with Lex Luger the year before at Bash at the Beach. He had the matches where he was involved with the tag team match, DDP and Malone against Rodman and Hogan. And that was really the last big success that the WCW had before they really started going downhill. Uh, you know, that, that pay-per-view that he was involved in. And Rodman, he was part of a big storyline. And I think a lot of people nowadays don't realize just how – biggest celebrity it was to have Dennis Rodman in WCW on Monday night, and he brought the ratings with him. Unfortunately, some more releases out of WWE announced just today. Of course, Kane Velasquez released uh, earlier this week, and uh, Gerald Briscoe has been furloughed, but Curtis Axel released as well today. Yeah! Son of Mr. Perfect, uh, Curtis Axel's a former multiple-time tag team champion, former Intercontinental champion, and kind of a, a bad deal, man. Uh, I don't think this guy ever got the chance he deserved. I think he's very talented. He, you mentioned lineage earlier. Earlier, uh, uh, Look at this guy's lineage. Mr. Perfect Son and then Larry the Axe Henning's grandson. And I think he had so much potential. He's had some of the worst booking ever. And I thought he was a great talent and I really thought he was getting ready to break through when they had him with Paul Heyman for a short period of time. And it's like 
they just gave up on him way too soon. This guy could flat out work, and instead he's doing comedy wrestling every week. And uh, I think he could be a great asset to AEW. I think they could do a lot with Curtis Axel. Uh, but just another one of a long, you know, you think about like uh, Davy Boy Smith's uh, son, Harry Smith. Look at what he has become in uh, MLW and all those organizations. And same thing with Curtis Axel, man. I think he's got a lot of potential. It's just WWE just, they had a ceiling on him. And Kane Velasquez, I mean, that was a throw. That was throwing away money because he didn't bring yeah. nothing. Uh, latest episode of The Dark Side of the Ring on Dr. Dave Schultz, the slap heard around the world. Have you had a chance to catch that? I think this is fake. You think it's fake? What's that? Is that fake? Huh? What the hell's wrong with you? That's open hand slap, huh? Man, I got a chance to see it, and I absolutely this dark side of the ring series, I love it. But this, uh, Doctor D, Dave Schultz, man, I'll tell you what the the slap heard around the world. Uh, it wasn't quite as hard, you know. I rewatched it several times because I had always had my mind, you know, it was a super super hard slap. He could have hit him a lot harder than he did, yeah. but. Uh, you know, John Stossel and the whole 2020, the thing they did with pro wrestling, I I, I think I don't blame him. I'm glad he did it. And uh, later, I think I might take a shot of the week at John Stossel. Somebody needs to take a shot at him. Jim Cornette took a shot at him the other day. I'm ready to hear the cannon take a shot at him. It's still real to me, damn it. Dirty Dutch Mantel tweets earlier this week that the he has heard from a good source that the WWE is negotiating to be sold to either ESPN or Fox. Do you buy into this? Do you think this is true? If so, what are your thoughts? I don't buy in, into it at this time unless ESPN and Fox are going to get it for a really good discount. But I don't know, man. I mean, the last couple of months, uh, <laughs> Vince McMahon's been doing some stuff. I don't know what's going on. I'm a genius. I'm brilliant. Not only has he been doing some things with, you know, what happened with the XFL and then some craziness in WWE and then just he's even how he was acting like on last week's SmackDown. I mean, it just uh, I, I don't know right now. I, I wonder, though, is his source Terry Taylor? I wonder if that's who his <laughs> source is for information. I don't know. Lots of respect for Dutch Mantel. But uh, one thing I've always heard about him from multiple sources is that he's the hairiest man in professional wrestling. So. Dirty Dutch, I don't know if this rumor is true, but if the rumor about you being so hairy is true, you need to get some manscaped. You mentioned uh, Vince's odd behavior on SmackDown. Let's go into some of our recaps. We'll briefly hit SmackDown because, to be honest, wasn't that much going on there for me. And I could say the same for Raw. But one thing that stood out to me on SmackDown, at the end of the show, they kind of had a Triple H tribute because it's like his 25th year in the WWE and uh, HBK was out in the ring with him. He gets interrupted by a few FaceTime calls from Stephanie McMahon and Ric Flair, I think Road Dog as well. But Vince comes out, interrupts, and talked about how the WWE has done a lot of bad and boring, boring things, but this could be one of the worst. And then the segment just ends with Vince turning out to lie some, like, crickets chirping. This lasted for 20 minutes. And, uh, some of the rumor and innuendo is is that's kind of how Vince has been lately. He's had a hell of a year with the XFL, with the coronavirus, WrestleMania, the ratings dropping, who knows what. But is the old man losing it? 
I don't know. This whole show, like the first hour and 40 minutes of the show, I was able to watch it. It was average. I mean, but that last segment, it wasn't disastrous. It was an absolute train wreck. Look at all of this crap in this ring. I mean, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, you know, think about some of the great promos they used to do back when they were D-Generation X just getting out there. And they got out there and it seemed like there was no plan. They're like, we're just going to stick them out there and see what happens. And the, the phone calls were just, the, you know, impromptu. I'm doing quotes. <laughs> those people can't see. I'm going to do quotes around in those impromptu phone calls. I mean, it was, it was cringe. It was cringeworthy. Uh, and then Vince, I don't know. He came out and he almost seemed like he was scatterbrained or I don't know. And Sean just is like, what the heck am I doing out there? And what's really funny is I'm rewatching the Raws from 1997. I'm, I, I watched all the Nitros, so now I'm watching the Monday Night Wars back with WWE. And I just watched the uh, where Sean lost his smile. And even though a lot of people make fun of that, the great promo he cut on that. And then seeing it out there, and he just seemed like he was completely – all of them were lost. This is the worst I've ever seen. Uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Vince. Hunter actually looked like he was embarrassed for Vince. Did you not think that? Yeah, he looked a little uncomfortable. But, I mean, I thought, you know, usually 25th anniversary, remember all the stuff they did with Taker? I thought it'd be something really put together like that. And uh, it was bad, bad, bad. Moving on to Raw, Samoa Joe back on commentary. I I really like Samoa Joe on commentary. I know you want him back in the ring and you want him to – get a title push, which I agree he, he deserves some of that, but I don't mind having Samoa Joe in commentary. Man, and I'll be honest with you, I don't have problem with it either. I love it. Let me say, just seeing Joe out there, oh, hell yeah, I was completely digging my boy. He's my boy. Uh, I mean, I think he brings so much credibility, and when I, when I saw Joe was going to be on there, I was pumped up, and some great feedback. I know Mick Foley and some of the legends – they were going on and on. I love having Samoa Joe in that mix. And honestly, I, I'd love for him to get the shot and the push, but I know he's pushing 40. Well, he is 40. And, you know, I don't want him to to injure himself. He's had a lot of injuries, and you wonder, hey, is he starting to break out? I hope he's not. I'd love to see him just get that one big run. But if he's not going to be able to have that one big run, I would love to hear him on commentary every Monday night. Ball starts off the MVP lounge, which actually sets up the first match. Apollo Crews, Aleister Black, and Rey Mysterio defeated Andrade, Angel Garza, and Austin Theory after Crews pinned Andrade with a powerbomb. After the match backstage, Crews slapped Andrade and then challenged him for the U.S. title. I'll th- tell you what I'm really digging is with this no crowd, you really get to hear Zelina Vega. And Zelina Vega, to me, in that segment, she was stealing the show. I was watching more. What is she saying? What is she doing? I thought she was very, very entertaining. Uh, I thought it was a solid match, but I'm not crazy about Andrade getting pinned. The thing I'm not really crazy about, though, is in this opening match is, you know, do you have do you have Andrade? You know, why why have Andrade get pinned? Yeah, he's supposed to, he's the U.S. champ. And I know they're trying to build Cruz up, but, I mean, I, I don't know. I just wasn't real crazy about that. Uh, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, and Oscar match never got off to a start because 
Jax attacked both with ladders and then says she'll do what she wants when she wants, then screamed at Charlie Caruso. I'm surprised that uh, she didn't injure Charlie with that scream. The 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 segment, man, with her yelling, it was it was awkward. <laughs> but I, I was not a fan of this, and I'm not a fan of it for one reason: is I don't like Shayna Baszler looking ordinary. And to me, the way they're building her up, having her get destroyed along with Oscar, trying to build up Nia Jax as this beast, they're making Shayna Baszler look ordinary, and I don't like it. Bobby Lashley then defeated Denzel Jay Jarnett with a spear. Uh, Liv Morgan defeated Ruby Riot. I don't think Ruby Riot has won a match since they brought her back. It almost feels like they brought her back to be a uh, to be a jobber. But the thing with Liv Morgan, I know they're trying to really get the crowd and really get you know get people emotionally invested in her. But then at the end, when she says, "I'm still trying to figure out who I am," and you know, I'll figure it out. The fans are not going to buy into it. If she says, I, you know, I don't know where I'm going, why should fans care? There was the return of Jinder Mahal who defeated Zawa. Uh, Jinder Mahal looked like he was rocking a quarantine haircut. It looks like he did himself in the bathroom backstage. But I was back. I would not be surprised. Or I, I should say, I would not mind it if Jinder Mahal won the money in the bank this weekend and went on to face his former partner, Drew McIntyre, for the title. I, can you imagine the, the storylines you could put uh, with that? The three-man band. Two of them is going to be back together. One of them, I think, is unemployed he's, right now. Pete Slater, is, uh, he went solo. The, the other two members of the band are still there. I know, and he's got kids, man. He needs all the help he can get. But, I, I mean, Jinder Mahal, I was digging it. He looked in great shape, uh, except for the hair. <laughs> He does look in great, great shape. Uh, Andrade defeated Apollo Crews by ref stoppage to retain the U.S. title. Crews appeared to have injured his knee during this match. He later left the show on crutches crying. I don't know if uh, maybe he has a legit injury. He's got to go get took care of, and that's kind of the, how they wrote that in to the storyline there. But uh, hopefully he'll be back. I know he's uh, – they were really starting to push him there, you know, it seems like it's a, a teeter-totter with him. He's up and down and up and down. They can't make up their mind what they want to do with him. But uh, regardless, he's definitely athletic and got some talent. Well, man, they've uh, restarted him 2,600 <laughs> times. Uh, now this next time is going to be 2,601. And Apollo Crews just seems to almost be snake-bitten, whether it be injury, bad booking, whatever. And I just hate to see it because he's got a great look. He's got a good personality. Uh, when he does come back, I really think I would love to see him. You brought this idea up last week. So this is a sumo booking idea. Put him with MVP. Let MVP manage him to new heights. And then we said the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits they exchange words and pair different promos. Looks like that's going to happen next week. And I really hope the Viking Raiders uh, beat the Street Profits, get the tag titles back. They're just more believable bad dudes that could kick your butt than the Street Profits are, even though they're making them wear toy helmets. Yeah, after you said that about the helmets last week, I could not stop looking at it. Oh, they're awful. They're hideous. And the terrible thing of them, you know, doing carpool karaoke while eating a turkey leg, it's hard (laughs) for me to get that picture out of my head. And the Street Profits, honestly, I mute it because they irritate me. Ricochet and Cedric Alexander then uh, defeated Ever Rise. 
Speaking of MVP managing people, looks like he might be managing Shane Thorne and Brandon Vink. Brendan Vink. Uh, they'll face Ricochet and Alexander next week. Why they're having MVP manage these two guys, I have no idea. Like we just talked about, I'd much rather him. I would like to see him be a manager, but somebody like uh, Apollo Cruz, not these two dudes. Yeah, I mean, you could use MVP. They they don't really use the manager that often anymore. You got a few out there, Zelina Vega, you know, that's doing really good, or you know, Paul Heyman, of course. But no. MVP, man, I'm telling you, he could be he could be the new Teddy Long. None compared to Stephen E. Oh, there's only one Stephen E. The legend, the god of managers. Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre had their uh, Money in the Bank contract signing. I can't imagine anything might go wrong during a contract signing in wrestling, but of course it did. But McIntyre actually attacked Rollins rather than the other way around. Murphy tried to make the save but was laid out by a Claymore kick. Well, I kind of like him showing a little bit of edge on McIntyre. Rollins, again, terrible overacting, way too much. Uh, he just needs to go with less. He – he, I, I feel like every time I'm watching him, I'm watching, I don't know, one of, like a cheesy movie that you buy at Dollar General for 99 cents that no one's ever heard of. Moving on to NXT, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott defeated Elio Del Fantasma with a crucifix pin to advance in the Cruiserweight title tournament. Dominic Dijakovic challenges Johnny Gargano. Candice LeRae defeated Casey Catanzaro. I, I can never say her name right. Uh, Candace has a new ring entrance, new ring gear, uh, being billed as the poison pixie. Of course, her husband, Johnny Gargano, was out with her the whole time. I kind of like this touch. Dude, I am digging her he- as a heel. I think uh, she's actually coming off as a very natural heel. Damian Priest and Keith Lee exchanged some words uh, during some backstage promos. Matt Riddle surprised Timothy Thatcher with a game show segment. The newly broad show, uh, Byron Sexton hosted that. They just played the newlywed game, which had some canned laughter and some applause. Thatcher was not into it, which kind of made it even better. They were then attacked by Imperium, who posed over them with tag belts. Yeah, that was a little bit interesting. I thought there was a couple okay pieces of it, but Thatcher, man, he just looked out of place. There was a few moments that uh, a little bit edgy. I think something. Uh, I think there was something brought up. Somebody said something about speed, and Riddle's like, speed was never my thing. I'm more into you know, before he could get it out, that's that's kind of when they were attacked. Well, uh, too, you know, he had written down a uh, something on a washer. So, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, there was a lot of little uh, little uh, bits in there that uh, I mean, I like him pushing the envelope a little bit. At least has has a little bit of edge. But I don't know, Thatcher, you could just tell he was a little uncomfortable. Riddle, he was just bro, just being myself, bro. <laughs> Adam Cole said, uh, William Regal set up a title match next week. Velveteen Dream is going to go for Adam Cole's title, but uh, Adam Cole says he still doesn't think Dream is worthy. We might find out next week what the WWE thinks of this uh, picture scandal. Uh, if, he, if he's victorious, I think they uh, probably feel pretty comfortable that he's innocent. If he loses, then, you know, could be Dream over. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the next week. Man, I mean, a lot's just going to depend on how much information they're going to be able to find out. And I think the WWE probably has a pretty good idea what's what's happening. Charlotte Flair defeated Mia Yim by submission with the figure eight to retain the NXT women's title. See a vignette hopping next week's debut of Karrion Cross, who everybody knows him as Killer Cross, but they're not going to let him use that name in WWE. But 
Carrying Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux making their debut next week. Yeah, I'm excited to see both of them. Next week's show, I think, is going to be a pretty good one, you know, with depending on what happens with Dream and Cole, uh, Johnny and Dominic, and then, uh, uh, you know, the Charlotte match, too. And then you got those first in-ring appearances. Yeah. I mean, the, the next week's it should be pretty stacked. Uh, fourth match of the night, my guy, Dexter Loomis, defeated Shane Thorne. I'm digging this Dexter Loomis character. I'm not sure what you think about him, but I, I think it's unique. I think it's different, and I think uh, he's got some – so a great move set he does in the ring that makes sense. I'm just uh, I'm really digging Dexter Loomis. I would really like to see Dexter Loomis with a crowd. Yeah. To see what the crowd and, and and that's the thing. I think he is really over right now. But you know, until we can get in front of the crowd and really see how they're going to react. But I really was digging at the end when he was uh, uh, rubbing Thorne's head <laughs> at the end of the match. Uh, he he's not just a serial killer. Uh, he's a gentle serial killer. <laughs> Drake Maverick defeated Tony Nese with a bulldog off the top rope, keeping him in the cruiserweight tournament, which is keeping him employed. You know, I said last week, I don't know if his uh, quote-unquote release or furlough, whatever the case might be, is legit or if it's a work, but they still got him on TV, so they're still paying him. And I don't know what's going on with Drake Maverick, but I I don't think he's been released. I think they're going to use that as a part of a, a story or an angle. Uh, do I think a lot of other people have been released? Yeah, but I'm not so sure about Drake Maverick. The way I take it is Drake is going to be staying around after all. Main event of the night, Keith Lee defeated Damian Priest by pinfall after two spirit bombs to retain the North American title. It just seems like Keith Lee is facing the same people every week. I know he fought Dominic Dijakovic like 45 times in a row, and now they've inserted Damian Priest in there. Uh, I, I really was into I, I'm big into Keith Lee but I wasn't into this match. I actually thought maybe we might see an upset, so that way, uh, you know, it'll allow Keith Lee to maybe go after the uh, heavyweight title, but it looks like that's probably going to be on hold until whatever works out with. If the dream things falls through, I can see maybe pushing Keith Lee, uh, having him step up. Like you said, next week, big show, Flair versus Shariah, uh, Gargano versus Dijakovic, Cole versus Dream, and debut of Killer Cross. All next week, you got to think they're competing with uh, AEW Dynamite, which is going back live next week. And speaking of them, not a bad show this uh, past week. Jericho and Shivon back on commentary. I'm loving that duo. Man, it, I think I said the word gold 50 times last week, but it is gold. Shivon and Jericho, I just just keep them together, please, man. I absolutely have just been digging it. And uh, a lot of people right, might remember 2020 as the year of uh, the coronavirus. I'm going to think it as the year of Shiavone and Jericho getting together doing commentary. I, I'm actually digging it. First match of the night, it kicked off with a banger. Cody Rhodes defeated Darby Allen to advance in the TNT Finals. Darby nailed the coffin drop, but Cody rolled his shoulders over to the mat for the three count. Well, I thought this was a good match. I think it's a good story they're putting together, good drama. I think they protected Darby. They made Darby look competitive, but yet still kind of protected him. But my question to you is, uh, Randy Rhodes, man, I mean, why did she get involved? I I, I don't know. Uh, just to keep her in on TV, I guess, man. I, I really don't know. I, it was it was awkward. Uh, then see another video of uh, Scorpio Sky focusing on uh, how he joined SCU. They've been doing a couple of Scorpio Sky videos past few weeks. you got to wonder. Maybe he's in line for a singles push. 
Yeah, I think the sky is the limit for Scorpio Sky. I think he's about to get uh, about to go to the next level. Uh, probably wouldn't surprise me if he's not with SCU much longer. And in some bittersweet news, MJF's hangnail finally healed. Thank goodness. But while preparing for his big comeback, unfortunately, he nicked his neck while shaving. And could be out a little longer. Of course, he was wearing a neck collar while he was uh, broke this news to us. So get well soon, MJF. I don't care what some low-life fat guy in Arkansas thinks of me. Well, was now was MJF? Was he shaving himself, or is he like Buff Bagwell and has someone doing the shaving for him? I, I don't know. But if he would use some Manscaped products, there'd be no Nick because it's Nick-free. Well, MJF, I know you listen to these two fat boys from Arkansas. We're telling you, man, don't you don't have to nick your neck while shaving. Get some manscape. Twenty percent off right now, too. Promo code slop drop. Don't get a neck nicker. Uh Wardlow defeated Musa by pinfall after airplane spin. Yeah, Van Hammer's winning streak continues. <laughs> and then we see a new bubbly bunch video. It featured Vicky Guerrero, uh, Gabriel Iglesias, Lou Ferrigno, Jay and Silent Bob. I'm just a huge Jericho guy. I absolutely loved it. Anytime you got Lou Ferrigno, Vicky Guerrero, Guerrero, uh, you know, the rest of the group, Gabriel Iglesias, Jay and Silent Bob, how can you not love it? (laughs) Jericho delivers. Best friends with Orange Cassidy defeated Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford in a no DQ match. And then one of my favorite segments of the night, Britt Baker. Uh, She kept referring to her makeup artist in the wrong name. And then she talked about how not everyone can be role models and then uh, use Tony Schiavone's pictures as a demonstration. First of all, the best friends thing right before that, I still want to know how in the world is our good friend Philip Price getting down from Arkansas down to Florida and back, uh, you know, but the the Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker and Schiavone, I think they are the hottest couple in wrestling and I'm sorry, Lois, man. You need to keep a close eye on uh, Skiavone because there is chemistry between those two. Sean Spears defeated Baron Black with a sharpshooter. Sean Spears on a winning streak. Hey, I am digging the cocky Sean Spears. Of course, I'm I'm afraid they're going to build him up, and then as soon as he starts going against some harder competition, make him a jobber again. But I'm digging the cocky Sean Spears. Man, I would love it if the inner circle – uh, brought on Tully Blanchard and Sean Spears. Let Tully manage them like J.J. Dillon manages the horsemen. Bring in Sean Spears in the group. I think it would be a good fit. Uh, Marco Stunt was interviewed on how he wants to prove himself and then was absolutely annihilated by Mr. Brody, Brody Lee. Uh, Brody Lee defeated Marco after a powerbomb. Did we really think Marco was going to win that match? I mean, why? Why? What is the point of having you bring in Brody Lee and then you're going to put him with Marco Stunt, I'm sorry. Why? There's no reason to do this. Moxley had a video saying he would be at AEW Dynamite next week. Main event of the night, Lance Archer defeated Dustin Rhodes to advance in the TNT Championship Finals. Cody came out and considered throwing in the towel, but Dustin didn't want him to. Uh, while they were arguing, Archer pulled Dustin back into the ring, repeatedly slammed his head to the mat, and then pinned him. Uh, so we're going to get Cody Rhodes versus Lance, Ar- Lance Archer for the TNT title, I don't mind it, but I will say this was a little bit predictable. Yeah, I think we all wanted Dustin Rhodes to have that one last run, uh, but it was a solid match. I, uh, they made Dustin look competitive while still making Archer look almost unbeatable. 
So I thought Dustin Rhodes continues to do great work. But, yeah, I think it was uh, kind of predictable. And Moxley, I'm digging Moxley's segment. What's funny is a year ago, I am just blasting the crap out of of him when he's in uh, the WWE for some of the terrible stuff going on. But, I mean, just just this segment right here shows the difference between him in the WWE and him in AEW. Well, Cannon, you got a shot of the week? Oh, man, my shot of the week. Let me get the gun. Got to get it ready. Got a lot to fuse. The, the cannon my- has been stuffed full of gunpowder and the cannonball. The fuse has been lit. Let's hear it, Cannon. Well, I'll tell you what, my boy... Uh, Mr. James E. Cornett, he already stole a lot of my thunder today. But, man, the my shot of the week is on John Stossel, the uh, reporter, ABC, the 2020 reporter, who is part of the slap heard around the world that was on Dark Side of the Ring this week. Uh, I encourage anyone to check it out. Of course, the story, Stossel, goes in with 2020. He sets out to reveal the truth about professional wrestling. And during his investigation, it led him to an interview at Madison Square Garden with Schultz. So, you know, people thought wrestling was real. And John Stossel, you know, says, hey, this is fake. This is fake. He was totally disrespectful to Dr. D. Dr. D, uh, Stossel told Schultz he thought wrestling was fake. And Dr. D slapped him across the face twice and said, uh, it wasn't fake. I showed him it wasn't fake. Just that incident right here changed Schultz's career. And I never realized how big Dr. D. Dave Schultz was was before that. And this is a shot not only at John Stossel. If you watch that, that video, Stossel, he got 280 grand from Vince McMahon for getting slapped. And... He tried to kill the professional wrestling business. I know that was his job. He's trying to do all these things for ratings. But that was going to affect a lot of guys' careers. And I say props to Dr. D, Dave Schultz, for slapping him. And just at the end of the show, you see uh, Stossel's talking about, you know, oh, my ears was messed up until I got my $280,000. That shows you what kind of hard copy, scum of the earth, whatever, you know, kind of a broadcasting that he did. And props to Dr. D. But also, shame on the professional wrestlers out there. This guy took a stand for the business. Where was everyone else to stand up and help get him a career? Even though I really dig, did uh, dig watching his uh, bounty hunter stuff. He was dog the bounty hunter before there was dog. But uh, that's my shot of the week, John Stossel. You need to just stay out of the ring. And after what James E. Cornette did, man, there's nothing I can say more than that. But that's my shot of the week. Nobody else deserves this week other than John Stossel, man. Uh, He tried to uh, damage the business, and he did do some damage, but... Dr. D could have done a lot more damage to him if he chose to, but I don't think he popped him that much. He could have uh, he could have knocked him out if he wanted to, but he popped him just enough to get his attention. And then, of course, Stossel took advantage of that and, and sued him. And I, hopefully he don't sue us after uh, we just dogged him. Uh, may have to get our dream team on the case, Matt Stone or Stephen P. New, or J.G. Wentworth, Aaron Saxon Associates, 
so Stossel, if you're coming for us, we got a dream team. Uh, we might need someone, but Stossel, I think he's got his hands full uh, with James E. Cornette. Joining us now on the road to Kansas City, headed to Viral Pro, the one and only hardest working man in professional wrestling, the Southern Heavyweight Champion, the Space Cowboy Jason Jones, along with Jimmy Fiasco. What's up, fellas? Hey, how are you doing, guys? What's up? You said we were heading to Kansas City. We're not heading to Kansas City. We're on our way to an undisclosed location, the Viral Pro Studios. Oh, my my bad. I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was up in there in the Baron Corbin country. You thought I was gonna say Harley Race country, didn't you? Uh, God, why are you just trying to piss me off already? <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I am pumped to have the Space Cowboy and Mister uh, Jimmy Fiasco. I got a chance to watch uh, a little viral pro action, and you guys have been bringing it with viral pro man i'm digging it did you enjoy it did you did you enjoy the the product the matches and the yeah everything all around i was really impressed with the the footage that they shot the comic the graphics it's a very well professionally done uh show and i'm i'm having a great time working for them yeah i enjoyed it man i'm looking forward to watching some more good deal man i uh we're we're going back up and we're having a viral pro that starts on Saturday. So they're going to crown the first ever viral pro champion. It's going to have, there's going to be some new additions to the roster as well as, you know, those guys have already been there. You know, a lot of folks are around our area. Haven't solved magnets. Uh, Chandler Hopkins, some great talent that uh, is up there. And it's, it's an honor to go up and work for him. I know fiasco kicking butt and taking names on there. It almost died a couple times, but it's amazing. That's what makes it fun. Well, speaking of fiasco, man, you have just come so – you've come so far just in the last year, uh, and you are really getting a really big following uh, behind your fiasco. I love watching your work, and I got to tell you, I am totally digging your uh, your color scheme that you're going. I'm trying to see if I can get that approved for my work's dress code. <laughs> <laughs> man, let me tell you. When I first started, you know, I was training under JJ and it's intimidating when you first get started. Like you don't like you want to get out there and you want to put on a good match. You want to make your trainer proud. But hopefully I'm still doing that. But I've, I've slowly come into my own and found what I enjoy doing, what I connect with the fans with. And just being able to go out there and have a good time and mess around has just been so much fun these last few months, what, last year and a half that I've been working. It's been amazing. Well, Dave mentioned the color scheme. Shades of PN News, man. I don't know. Really, I know you're younger than old-timers. <laughs> okay, so. uh, you may not know who that is. Look him up. Oh, I know but, who uh, that I, is. I threw... <laughs> and all I've got to say is, because like, I was suggested to watch some of his matches, which I did. All I've got to say hey, is, Rookie of the Year at one time, man. Yeah, There's nothing to be ashamed about. I've got a new singlet in the pipeline, and it's going to be pretty impressive if it comes out anything nice. like what it looks like. Hey, I threw a suggestion, a finishing move maneuver out to you. The old uh, Iceman King Parsons romper stomper. Are we going to get to see that in the future? <laughs> the booty bump. I love it. <laughs> I did say I did say I wanted to put that in a match. I'll see if I can get okay. those up. Put, put it in your repertoire, make, in your move set. Make sure I'm not fighting when it happens. <laughs> I'll no-sell that sucker. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried my butt won't hurt somebody. <laughs> <laughs> 
If I could get Fiasco to start doing the whoop, there it is, Panto. That's the only thing his character did. Oh. It's a, it's a, there, it's a yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. Oh, yeah. I'm going back to the 90s, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to tell you, at the last MSW show uh, that we went to over in Harrison, uh, Fiasco, when you came out, Sumo and I was chanting, yo, baby, yo, baby, yo, but. I think guess there's only many, a, a few other people that got it. Yeah, I guess how many people knew what we were talking about? Two, and that was me and him. <laughs> hey, I got it, and I just popped for it, but <laughs> I told him, I was like, you know, hey, man, I will give him something. That, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, man. And right. That's his – It's we tried to figure out something that envisioned the way that Jimmy really is. Jimmy's an outgoing, charismatic person, and if you've ever been around him in public – he wears the loudest Hawaiian shirts and like neon Crocs and shorts. It'd be a foot of snow, and the dude's wearing Crocs and you know board shorts and a, a backwards neon trucker hat. So I'm like, all right, so let's work with what we've got here. He's a very outgoing character, and I was like, man, that needs to portray in the ring, and it needs to go out there like what you normally do. I mean, he's always you going through Walmart or something. You stop in a truck stop on our way to a show, and with the homegirl behind the counter and laying the moves on her and, you know, hitting a dance sequence. So it's like, we got to put that in the ring, man. It's, that's, that's his character. That's who he is, man. Nice. Well, the guys that who really seem to get over, when you think about, you know, the history of professional wrestling, like Stone Cold Steve Austin and guys like that, it was guys that was more closer to their regular personality. And it seems like, uh, Double J, a lot of the guys that you have trained that you really like to portray that where it's they're getting to be like how they really are. Sure, man. And it's just, it's them. Like, you know, we like to say it's them dialed up to an 11 to take what, you know, a little bit because you're, everybody's comfortable in their own skin. So if it has traits that is you and you just dial that up and amplify it and make everybody see that character, those are usually the ones that come off most comfortable for guys to portray and the ones that get over because it's believable. Well, who do you think throws a most uh, a more vicious chair shot, Nate Winchester or Michael Hasty? Oh God, I, is none of the above an answer? That's a loaded question. Well, hey, Double J, I got a question for you. You've been all over social media with the Space Cowboys show, and we're seeing a lot of different shows pop up. It looks like Miranda Gordy's doing this hot tub show every week. <laughs> when are we going to get the Space Cowboy hot tub show? Tomorrow night, live on Facebook. <laughs> Oh, no. Dude, it's going to happen, but uh, we're going to be at Viral Pro. She's actually in my daggum hot tub up there, so I'm, I may just have to go. I got a brand-new pair of trunks. We're going to – from the hot tub, that's what we'll do. The only problem of it is is uh, the undisclosed viral location, their Wi-Fi is horrible there, so that's why the connection gets broke all the time. So I may have to go ahead and record an episode of the Space Cowboy Show and tell – from the from the uh, hot tub, and I'll just have a guest on. We'll just have a guest on there, and we'll put it on Facebook later. So you guys want to sample some uh, some new windy wine? <laughs> and I'm not even a wine drinker, and Plonke has me drinking this wine, and it is so delicious. Which one is it? Um, I really like the peanut butter and jelly, but the one that uh, has been amazing is the Perilous Port. 
the like uh, port wine, that's like Concord port wine. That's what mine is. It's, it's a higher alcohol. Yeah, it's like twenty one percent alcohol content, but there's something about it. It's not too sweet. It's not too wine like. Um, like I can drink a little bit with like a breakfast meal if I want to, or like before I go to bed. It's really good. You know who else drinks wine with their breakfast? Alcoholics. <laughs> 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 Okay. I mean, it's wine 30. Huh? Marty, <laughs> Marty Genetti Marty over there. Genetti over here over <laughs> <laughs> Well, Space Cowboy, you know, right now with everything that's going on with COVID and I know it's really impacting the wrestling business. And that was a great, uh, that was a great thing that I think Color 10 and Jesse Inman did showing how the wrestling business has been impacted. Have you heard anything or got any idea when things might open up for you guys? Yeah, and we're, you know, every one of those things that the governor does or this or that, because we work in so many different states, keeping, try to keep that in the loop and, and pay attention to that. Uh, we're also working with all the state athletic commissions where that's applicable. Like Missouri, the state athletic commission up there has been absolutely great to work with. The venue's been great to work with. And we're also, too, uh, Springfield has some city guidelines, and we're just trying to play play ball and play by the rules on all those. But as far as we know, all you know, uh, everything's rocking and rolling for June the 20th in Springfield, Missouri. That was our March 28th event that got pushed to June 20th, and it's looking like green light and thumbs up on that. We're actually currently selling tickets for it on our website, mswtickets.com. And we're just, we're going to look forward to that. If something happens and we don't think that we're going to be able to facilitate that event, we'll let our fans know at the earliest convenience, uh, you know, hopefully by June 1st. But we're, as of right now, man, we're in, we're in full swing ahead for June the 20th. And then we'll look back to getting in, you know, our Siloam Spring event, our Harrison events, as soon as everything's, because right now, all of the venues, I've got dates booked in some of those venues. All of them are off the calendar right now just because they're trying to keep an open mind and be compliant with everything that's going on right now. So we're just honestly, I know everybody says, oh, we're taking it one day at a time. We literally are. We're taking it one day at a time. As soon as we get the green light, MSW's ready to rock and roll. Well, that's what's really cool about this Viral Pro thing is it's allowing – uh, some guys that still get an opportunity to work during this whole crisis. And, uh, and you guys are putting out a really good product. I have to say, I'm, I've been really entertained uh, by the matches that you guys have done up there. And you've had some really good talent up there. So I've really enjoyed these viral pro tapings because it's given me an opportunity, one, to learn how to work in front of a camera like this. And two, like some of those guys there have been in, industry for a couple decades and it's nothing but a fountain of knowledge like uh you know niles Planquet, space cowboy even malico guys i stayed up till four in the morning talking to malico just about wrestling and how to improve my work in the ring and it's just been amazing all the way around but i really like seeing these uh like chandler hopkins and malico both great talents, as well as Mitch, the, the ring announcer that uh, that we use for Viral Pro. Everybody's just taking this on as a team effort, and it's really given us a creative outlet during this time. You know, there's the itch to get out there and physically do something. We're doing that, but it allows us to be creative as opposed to just sitting on our and re-watching stuff. We've 
Hulu or Netflix a dozen times, it gives us something to look forward to. Like, I mean, the other night I was like, oh, I'm going to get my gear ready and and uh, relace my boots up, change my laces out, and just gives you something to kind of shoot. With us. I'm like, hey, I'm looking forward to having matches here and there. And you've got a camera there with a great crew, and they're rolling. So they're they're able to uh, take all these great ideas that all these guys have, and we're able to put them out there. They make sense of them. The producers put them into great television-worthy episodes, and people can enjoy them right there from the you know from their living room, on their phone, or watching it in the bathroom, or whatever they want to do. That's between them and the Lord, but. The good thing is that people uh, just – that they don't sleep on Viral Pro and that it's not just – you guys know, too, like one of the aspects that I think it sets Viral Pro apart are the addition of the germs. Um, everybody yeah. else is having to film in a closed studio audience, and there's no fan interaction at all. But we have three to four, sometimes even up to five germs, and they're, they're these germs in hazmat soups. <laughs> and mask and they're out there right literally ringside up against the apron and they're cheering the good guys and they're booing the bad guys and that really helps because being a professional wrestler you feed off the crowd and you feed off the crowd's reaction and well that's one thing right now i I love nxt but nxt and raw and smackdown have all been pretty much the same lately and that is one thing that has been setting aew apart the past few weeks is at least they've got a few talents, you know, spread out around ringside where there is a little, I don't want to say fan noise, but some stuff that uh, kind of fills that gap. Okay, I haven't, I haven't got a chance to check out any of it, but yeah, it's anything that you can do to get away from the whole empty arena thing. And it's another yeah. thing. It's not what we're, we're not in there. We're not doing our regular entrance like we would do when there's a crowd, like they're still trying to push down our throat in Florida where they're going out there and they're doing their entrances and they're going to all four turnbuckles and, you know, standing on it and trying to get the crowd going and there's no crowd there or they're waiting for those crowd, those awkward pauses for the crowd to cheer and the crowd's not there to cheer. So it makes them even that much more awkward. So all these matches are started in the ring with a ring announcer in between the guy, no fancy entrance way with lights and smoke. Uh, But the production quality is very, very good. And I'm really I'm really happy looking at it of not just my match. You know, usually when a promoter sends me a link to a TV show or something I've wrestled on, I, I go right to my match and I watch it and I'm done. But Viral Pro has been something I've been, I've watched from the opening match to every behind the scenes, you know, interview. I've watched all the way to the very end and I've watched that with every episode and I've been very pleased with all the talent that we've managed to get on there and that the talent is really bringing it, man. Not just, not just creatively, but physically in the ring. It's just been tremendous. I really like what you guys are doing. I'm a huge MLW fan. And one thing that kind of excites me, some of the talent you guys are bringing in from some of these areas, Court Bauer, uh, who's over MLW, he's plucking these guys. I'm hoping that uh, some, some people that's brought into Viral Pro might catch the eye of Court Bauer to uh, maybe get a tryout or a match or something with MLW as a – I hate to say a starting step yeah, or a stepping yeah, stone because uh, they're really uh, – it's a it's a great promotion alone, but I know Vince likes to uh, poach talent from I there. I know. And uh, like you're saying it, I tell my students all the time when I train them, don't just think that if you're wrestling in front of 200 people, that there's just 200 people watching your match. I've had so many bookings that 
promoters have reached out and touched base with me because they saw something on someone, you know, someone shot them a YouTube video or someone, they found an online link of something and they saw something I did, whether it was behind the microphone or in the ring. And it opened more doors up for me and, you know, take me, yeah. you know, took me to some place. And then from there, another promoter, another group of guys, oh my God, if you want someone to do that character, you should look at Jason Jones, this and that. So I tell them, I was like, you know, anything that you can do and put out there, never phone it in and always go 110% because you never know who's watching. And No, that's like our, our podunk show here. While people listen, I have no idea, but we get listeners for whatever reason. And occasionally somebody will contact me asking about you right. guys Sorry. from MSW. And, I, and I've sent you messages <laughs> like, hey, I don't know what the proper channels is, but this guy was asking about this guy, so I'm going to pass that on and you do what you need I to do. I apologize for the fiasco. He just about ran us <laughs> off the road right there. I would like to fight right now. Well, it looks like, sounds like fiasco is getting ready to lay the smack down up there. But uh, speaking of fiasco, you know, you're newer in the professional wrestling business. Uh, you know, we got a chance. We visited the, uh, the Mid-States uh training facilities down there we got a chance to see you when you were still practicing training up before your first match how has it been for you to to you know go from that training just have that dream to be a professional wrestler to actually be in the ring competing on a pretty big stage now first i never stopped practicing or trying to get better so let's throw that out there uh yeah training uh mid-stage wrestling they have a great school out there Man, it's been so randomly ran into a wrestler and started talking about wrestling and decided I wanted to do it. And to go from that to I'm about, you know, 40 matches down. I'm wrestling in front of all these people watching Viral Pro, the mid-state shows. I've been in like eight states, I want to say. You know, it's it's been, I want to say it's been overwhelming, but it hasn't because it feels right, if that makes sense. When I get in that ring and I just start hamming it up and having a good time and the crowd comes along with me, it feels like that's where I belong. And that's where this is what I should be doing with my life, which is, you know, maybe not the best life, but it's the one I've got. I think I'll speak for uh, Jimmy. When I'm getting these guys booked that have came through, you know, I still I'm still one of the guys that still trains them old school and trained them the way that. You know, that guys were broken years and years ago. And they're going places for their first time. They're having some of their first match. And they've got more experience and work experience than these guys that have had 20 matches. They're working circles around these guys. And my guys are having to show these guys that have been in the business for a couple of years how to do stuff. So if that's any credit to, like, them, you know, learning how to do it the proper way, and not just always taking the quickest way into the ring and not taking shortcuts. They're actually doing that. So, like, when I do take them places, I have guys jumping up and down to work them because they're going to learn something from my guys. When I took them to the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in Wichita Falls, I mean, we positive feedback from everybody and some of the vets that were there about – like Jimmy when he was there and like, Oh my God, I, I figured he'd been working a few years. I'm like, no man, this is probably is, you know, 12th match or something. 10th match for five years. And I'm like, 
Yeah, because he's he's put his time in. He's put his time in outside of the ring too, and working on his character. So they're just all around complimented him. And like, I, I can't brag on him enough. And, and some of my other students are actually learning how to do it and do it properly. I think it's something that's lost in the world of professional wrestling today. And we always, first and foremost, I told him for the first day and all my students, carry yourself like a professional to that name, professional wrestling. And that's going to set you apart from the rest of the group. And it, it continues to do so on a, on a nightly basis for them. Well, man, you deserve a lot of props for that. I mean, you're the trainer. You've got, you're teaching these guys, right. And, you're showing them Arn Anderson tapes, and you're bringing in trainers like Ace Steel, who you know was recently helping out down to WWE Performance Center, and Bobby Eaton. I mean, kudos to you. Give give yourself a a uh, what's the guy uh, Barry Horowitz <laughs> slap on the back there, buddy. If I can, uh, if I can get over <laughs> for a second. Honestly, the moment I knew that I was at the right school and I knew where I was going to train was when he sat us down that first day, and he straight up told us he's like. You know, I'm not going to let you advance. You're not going to wrestle until, you know, safety first, you know, all your basics. He's like a year down the road, we're still going to be going over basics. And that to me, that's when I knew that I was in the right place because from my limited experience of being on the road, the number of times I've been in the ring with somebody who didn't know how to do something as basic, you know, as a collar and elbow lockup, you know, I have, I have Jason Jones to thank for all that stuff, for the amount of nights that, I mean, Heck, what was it? Our last night of training, we did nothing but hip tosses the whole night. Right. You know, and that's one of the very first things we learned. But we decided, hey, we're going to go back over hip tosses, and we're going to really dial those in. That's all we're going to do tonight. And stuff like that's why mid-stage wrestling is the place to train. I've had so many people ask me about it, and I've, you know, we've even brought in some students and stuff. And it's a lot harder than you think it is, but it's if you're going to get trained, you might as well do it the right way. You know, you can't cut any corners in this business, not if you want to make it, not if you want to, you know, be healthy. Well, Space Cowboy in the last year, especially, it, it seems like there's been a a real big group of students that has moved up that we've got to see going from training to doing their first matches. And I got to tell you, when these guys came out, almost all of them, they wasn't just, hey, I'm a plain straight wrestler. They all had characters. They all had different attitudes. Like when, when Fiasco, when you came out, I remember watching you, your very first match, and you came out, and I think Sumo was sitting next to me, and I said, man, his character is spot on. You had charisma, and that natural charisma, uh, to, to steal a phrase, you can't <laughs> teach that. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, Jimmy's one of his guys, like I told you, and he puts his work in outside of the ring. You can tell the guys that are going to make it, they put in work on the outside of the ring and character development. They put in their time in the gym, whether it be working on cardio or hitting the weights or doing this. So when they're down there and they've got, you know, some of the trainers that we brought in to work with them and myself, and you've got two rings, don't spend that time doing push-ups and setups or jumping rope. Take advantage of getting in that ring, and that's what we try to emphasize. So the guys that tend to make it are the guys that put in that extra work on the outside to work out on a Tuesday night or whenever they're down there, it's nothing but business. Let's get in the ring. Let's do this. Those are the guys that make it, and that's that's what you can see with some of them. You know, the obvious and the cream rises to the top. Put it in perspective. I haven't watched any current wrestling during this quarantine, but I've been going through and watching old WrestleManias and just taking notes 
on like with some of these some of these guys who are like some of the pillars of the industry, what they've been doing in matches. And I've just been watching the little nuance stuff and been like, wow, I never I never noticed that when I watched it originally and stuff like that. That's what I've been doing during this quarantine. Okay, Fiasco. Uh, Jones and I talked a few weeks ago about our favorite oh. WrestleMania matches. Mine is uh, Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 13. His uh, One of his is Flair and Shawn Michaels, and I think Jericho and Shawn Michaels okay, watch Fiascos. Here's where, here's where uh, I get exposed a little bit. I've only watched like three or four WrestleManias. I did not grow up with cable. Um, so I, didn't, I never had pay-per-view or anything. I will say that having watched the first couple WrestleManias recently, I legitimately enjoyed the tag match with Mr. T and Hulk Hogan against, uh, what was it, Piper and was it Orndorff in the first one? Or yeah, was it Cowboy Bob Orton? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I legitimately enjoyed yeah. that from a wrestler's perspective because of the amount that they got out of Mr. T and how they made him look like he knew what he was doing. Well, that was the final nail in the coffin for Dr. D, yeah. Dave Schultz. After he supposedly slapped Mr. T at ringside <laughs> off air. So. Yeah, I need to watch that. A little his- history I've, lesson, Fiasco. So I have, a huge, I have a huge gaping hole in my history, uh, my wrestling history. So I've been trying to go out of my way to fill up all those holes and, and get up, soak up as much knowledge as I can because I know it's stuff I need to know. It's just it's a process. Okay, you got to go back and – and watch some Mid South, some UWF with JR calling uh, the matches, and of course some old school JCP WCW. Uh, I've been trying to find documentaries on old territory stuff because that stuff just really interests me. Does uh, hey, we haven't heard from McBee. Yeah. What's your favorite WrestleMania moment? I I would actually have to agree with uh, Sumo. WrestleMania 13, that turn of yeah. Austin Hart, because the impact that would have on the entire wrestling industry. I mean, that match pretty much made, turned him from Steve Austin to Stone Cold and completely changed wrestling history. Go watch it, Fiasco 13, Man, WrestleMania 13. Everybody keeps trying Double to, turn. to hop around, and for some reason, I just want to start at the beginning and go through. Yeah, yeah. you'll get there. You'll get there. It's just a slow process because I'm doing homework while I'm doing it. Hey, Mc, hey, McBee, I know I, I got I got Sumo on the spot last week when we were on there, and I asked him a few questions. Can I fire a couple of you real quick? Who's your favorite? Yeah, go for it, man. All time. Ooh, man, like, favorite like baby face of all time. Of favorite, two or three of your favorite baby faces of all time. Oh, I'd have to I'd have to probably go with uh, Ricky Steamboat and. I mean, I probably got to go with yeah. uh, Hogan what, in the now, 80s. Who was two of your favorite heels to watch? Oh, got to go with the nature boy, Ric Flair. Love I always it. loved him as a heel. And, yeah, got to go with Nate. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what. I was, I kind of like the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, because nice. everybody has exactly, got a price man. for the million-dollar man. I don't think you find two better heels, especially in the 80s. Come well, on, what about I know Rick Rude? I'm Rick Rude? But I'm just saying that had the same type of gimmick, and they were, you know, DiBiase and Flair were two great, tremendous workers, but they found that gimmick that worked, you know, being better than you, having more money than you, living, like Flair said, living on the biggest house on the biggest side of town, on the richest side of town. 
Man, DiBiase should have been a horseman. Yeah, no dude, doubt about it. That would have been a great fit back in the day. You know, and it's what's crazy is DiBiase is you flip the script, and some of the earliest stuff I remember him being was one of the biggest baby faces in Mid South. You know, and but that just that's yeah. just uh, to show you what a great worker he is. But I, uh, all right, Big B, here we go. Let's see. Give me, give me your favorite match. Give me like a couple of your favorite matches of all time. All right, a couple of my favorite matches from all time. I'd have to go with, uh, of course, the one I said earlier, Hart and right. Austin, just the psychology that they used uh, in that. Um, man, the the Flair Steamboat Trilogy, is all, it's almost pretty right. much a tie between all three of them. Uh, I, I would definitely have to say those. And honestly, Shawn Michaels and uh, Bret Hart, wow. WrestleMania 12, yeah. the Iron Man match. Uh, where I got to finally see a boyhood dream so become a reality. I was that match because I was still a kid, and I was a huge Bret Hart fan. A huge Bret Hart fan. Like, I actually got to meet him at WrestleMania 9, and I was a huge Bret Hart fan. And so when they threw that BS that the match had to continue, I was so freaking shoot mad. It was not even funny. I'm like, no, he made it the hour. He's a champion. He doesn't have to, you know. But then when they came out with that BS that, you know, there must be a winner, I was so pissed. I can literally remember just pacing back and forth while we were watching that live on satellite when I was a kid. And then I probably have another one uh, that's not as well known. It was actually from, uh, from TNA. It was AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, and Samoa Joe had a three-way dance. And after after that, I became the biggest. Uh, oh, those three guys, man, are, are three of my guys that I've always loved to follow. And just the uh, it, it just blew me away the match they had. Wasn't seen by near well, as many come, people, no, no, but to me, it was I've never a had classic. The of, of seeing that match, if you come across and shoot me a link to that, I'd like to take a look at it, man. I'm always, you know, Jimmy will tell you I'm one that will go back in and find a bunch of old footage, you know, because most guys. If you're a worker and you're trying to break in today, and I'm not trying to make Vince any more money, but for anybody that is a fan of our business that's trying to break into our business needs to have the network. When I first broke into the business, Sumo will tell you this, I would spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on videotapes, you know, from, I mean, I yes. would have to buy compilation tapes because back then that was the only way you get them was on VHS tapes. And I would, yeah. Hey, to be fair, I reimbursed you, you did, hundreds man. of dollars, you're, probably, because you're yeah, my bootleg guy. We're probably have, have the statue <laughs> worn off on that. Statue uh, limitations have ran out. Man, yeah, I, I think so. I used to get. I would spend so much money on buying some of those just to get them, and then sit down and watch them. And I would watch them with a notepad. I had a best of Ric Flair interviews that was six hours long, and I would sit and take notes on those. And you know, my girlfriend at the. I, I still, still have. have. Some of those. Some of those movies, yeah. Were, some of those some movies of I bought really from good. you. Like you didn't have a way of studying. You would hear. I would go when I was in the business. And these guys would say, "Well, hey man, why don't you watch some of, you know, watch uh watch Dynamite Kid in Japan?" Well, the only way you could watch that was go on eBay and buy a you know VHS tape from some collector for fifteen twenty bucks, and then sit there on an old scratchy VHS tape. Rewind it, pause, rewind it, fast forward, you know, and watch them all over and over and over again. So now that these guys have all the stuff at the luxury of their fingertip, I'm like, I send them matches all the time to study. I'm like, look at the psychology. Look at how this heel interacts with this. Watch what he does here. 
I mean, literally, if you can't find 10 minutes to watch a match on a break at your work or in the bathroom or anywhere, it's all at the, you know, it's all at people's fingertips now. So there's no excuse for guys now not studying matches or looking at it. So guys tell me they want to know, usually when you're kind of an old vet in the locker room, they'll say, hey, man, will you watch my match? And usually if I don't have something going on or if I'm not doing something or filming something, I'll try to go and watch their match. And then I'll give them ideas if I'll get a sense of what their character is and say, okay, like they were saying with Jimmy, you know, watch PN News. And if if they take what, you know, if they want to take what they're doing seriously, they'll take 10 minutes out of their day, Google that dude, look at him and say, oh, okay, I can see that. He's a big guy like me. He does this move. Maybe I should try that. And uh, I just think that everybody takes for granted what we used to have to go through to do all that stuff, you know, that having it all right now, just at a fingertip on YouTube or, or on the network, like, you know, like I said, Sumo's going to tell you buying all those old tapes and going through them (laughs) just with a fine tooth comb and watching them over and over and over, man. I probably wore some of them out rewinding it, rewinding it, watching stuff over and over again. Well, I I do have a bootlegging pass, but mine was actually bootleg concert videos I wasn't as much in the wrestling videos. I used to, uh, I, I used to trade all over the world. I had Diamond Dave Enterprises Who when I was like nineteen. So uh, yeah, so yeah, I had all sorts of uh, I had Van Halen stuff. I had all sorts of good stuff from back in the day, and uh, traded with guys all over the world until I finally got a letter from Van Halen that was a cease and desist <laughs> letter ask, that I'm I'm very Mr. proud Saturday of. Actually, night, Michael so. Barry about a cease and desist <laughs> letter from Van Halen. Oh, it's probably the logo. I'm sure the, uh, but he has the he has the old Van Hagar logo. He, he doesn't uh, have the I classic Van Halen logo. Letters, but uh, ask him about that. But he's a huge Van Halen fan. But you know, Van Halen has got one of the most aggressive attorneys out there, anyway. And they sue anybody. I heard something. What was that one song they had about uh, something or another? But they sued like a local scuba place in like Missouri or something because they had. Something and it was like a, a line off of a Van Halen song, but yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty yeah. confident in their legal game. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was very proud of my collection back in the day, but I do have to say, all my stuff was all day. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Sammy I like Van all. Hagar, but man, I like Van Halen better. But Diamond, you know, I just went and saw Dave not too long ago, and I was talking. I went to with one of my buddies. And he goes, you know, Jones. We probably went to the last concert we're ever going to get to see, and it was Kiss and, you know, Diamond Dave, and we were lucky enough to be in the front row. But I was like, oh, my God, I hope that, you know, and it's going to take a long time for concerts of that magnitude to come back. I know a lot of agents looking, looking to book. Yeah, Poison thing that was coming through in June, and it's just I'm scared to death to buy them. I'm afraid they're going to cancel it. Well, Diamond Dave and the Space Cowboy, they're, they're so much alike. Because like Space Cowboy, he doesn't just bring the party. He is the party. Because when he comes to town, minute, all of town's going to shut down. Yeah, I'm still in Jimmy's gimmick now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, on the topic of bootleg tapes and WWE Network, if you guys haven't watched, uh, I, I don't know the name of it, but it's about Bret Hart and Tom McGee. Yeah, the Holy Grail. It's documentary. That's pretty very interesting. I had, yeah, I had heard about the legend of that match for the longest time. So when that documentary came out, that mini documentary about it, I had to watch it. And everybody said it was the same all the way. It was like 
a million bucks, and then basically just realized Preacher talks about him. Yeah, due to technical suck. difficulties, I know Space Cowboy and uh, Jimmy Fiasco. They're they're on the road right now, traveling, doing their wrestling thing. We they must have went through a bad spot and we lost them. We'll catch you back up with them next time. It's been a fantastic night. Awesome to have the Space Cowboy and the rising star himself, Mr. Jimmy Fiasco. Uh, maximum or was it minimum effort, maximum fun. You got to check them out. But go to Viral Pro, check them out. Also, go to mswtickets.com. Get all your Space Cowboy merchandise. And uh, I'll tell you what, I really miss MSW, and hopefully it'll be hopefully back soon. Hopefully June 20th, 2020, Springfield, Missouri. That's that's the target date. Let's hope that it happens. Hopefully uh, things get back to normal soon. But I would encourage everyone, you know, continue to support those independent wrestlers. All right, guys, that about wraps it up. Uh, follow us on Facebook at The Slop Drop, on Twitter at The Slop Drop 1. Check us out anywhere there's a podcast. We are there. Like us, rate us, review us, whatever you want to do. But until next time, we're out of here. Goodbye and good night. One, two, three.